we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. if we did leave all right folks welcome back to the animal farm it is november 2nd we are live broadcasting from the revere radio network i'm your host ben miller chilling with my co-host tony pax hello ben and as always we got the funniest invisible person ever python the board bringing the funny tonight we are going to be talking about alex jones's newest film endgame um we're going to be taking your phone calls in regards to that um, we're also going to be talking about Ron Paul news. As always, we got Ron Paul news, and we're going to be talking about an invisible tank. Yes, there is. Yes, the invisible tank. Seriously, technology tank. is is amazing these days. We'll get into that, but definitely the Ron Paul news is getting uh, it's getting a lot of coverage, and it's it's kind of exciting, Ben. There's a lot going on. The November fifth coming up, obviously in three days, and uh, I can't wait to see the the press coverage for one, but more importantly, just the the accomplishment of all the fundraising. Absolutely, and everybody should remember remember the fifth of November, and give a uh, give Ron Paul as much money as you possibly can. We're hoping for ten million, ten yeah, million from a hundred thousand people. <laughs> well, you know what they've already accomplished is, is it's mind boggling how much money they've uh, they've raised thus far. But yeah, I mean there, there's no limit, and I think that's what they uh, they realize. That's why they're doing this campaign. And if, for those of you who haven't seen V for Vendetta the movie. Uh, directed and produced by the Wachowski brothers, I believe. Uh, definitely check it out. It's very relevant, and it's actually, uh, especially with our day and age and the media moguls, and uh, we'll actually get into some O'Reilly clip later on that, uh, folks, every week, like I said it, I said it last week, every single week I find a clip or I watch TV, and uh, this was the O'Reilly with the Rosie O'Donnell coverage that was one of the worst reports I think I've ever seen first off, but this one, uh, O'Reilly's really losing his mind, folks. I think he actually believes he's running the country. And, yes. Uh, yeah, he's, he's starting to threaten people. We'll get into that later on. But, Ben, uh, lots going on in the news this week. Yes, we have this article right here. <laughs> it's so funny. U.S. agency apologized for news conference on fires. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, FEMA, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, uh, basically basically called in a fake uh, news conference. And uh, they had, had they had their employees, their FEMA employees... Basically asking questions to their to their FEMA people, just throwing them softballs, and they were patting each other on the back, and <laughs> oh, we're so great, we're we're handling this so much better than Katrina, and the whole thing was a farce. Yeah, the I mean, whole thing was nonsense, staged completely. If you're gonna pull something like this, y- you got to do it right. I and mean, the, come on, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my I have God. this article right here from Reuters. The U.S. government, the U.S. government's main disaster response agency, apologized on Friday for having its employees pose as reporters in a hastily, in, 
in, in a hastily called news conference on California's wildfires that no news organizations attended. Not one news organization was there. They, they start up a press conference, then they put their employees in the audience and, and fake, like, put cameras in the background and, like, have them dress like reporters and start asking questions. This is the government. This is the government putting out propaganda. Well, you know, the one way to make sure nothing goes wrong, but, uh, unfortunately, a complete backfire, and, and in this case, really, a, a blunder that just makes, at least me, shake my head. And, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to say after something like this. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say something because we're on the radio, but... What it, you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Right. Well, you know, thank you, Pia. Thank you, because that, that's basically what I'm thinking. It's unbelievable that they would do something like this, and I understand after Katrina, which was just a debacle in so many ways, not just uh, with, with the government's uh, delayed response, but there's a lot of stuff that came out of the media, a lot of coverage that uh, really opened your eyes as to... Uh, how poor of a job the government really did, but this, well, listen, listen this, to this is unreal. Listen to this douche's response. He says, we can and must do better <laughs> and apologize for this error in judgment. FEMA Deputy Administrator Harvey Johnson, who conducted the briefing, said in a statement, our intent was to provide useful information and be responsive <laughs> to the many questions we have received. Yeah, well, no. no. <laughs> Their intention was to do a lot more than that, and not the least of which was to uh, BS the public, uh, pardon the expression. But, you know, really, I mean, uh, do they really think that we're that stupid? Bullshit! A spokeswoman for Homeland Security Secretary Michael I Am The Devil Chertoff, <laughs> who has authority over FEMA, called the incident inexcusable and offensive to the secretary. <laughs> So here we have our, our, our Federal Emergency Management uh, Agency calling fake news conferences and uh, staging reporters, fake reporters, fake cameras, and everything, and they're basically just trying to propagandize and making it look like news. Uh, yeah. so. We got an issue in America. Yeah, we yeah, do. We sure do, George, and uh, unfortunately, you're just part of the problem. Um, George W. Bush. Like I said, Ben, this is this is it baffled. When I heard about this, I was baffled, and it was kind of that uh, emotion that you feel where you can't believe it, but you can you can believe it all in the same uh, in, in the same thought. So yeah, we, we well, know that's that. That's the thing. They they wrote they wrote laws and said that they could do this pretty much, and but I I never thought that they would actually do it. I mean, I guess I did think that they actually would do it, but to just see them do it and stuff, it's it's kind of and fail so miserably at it and. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, who, suck, who do you yeah. think you're kidding? It, really, when it when they it really can't do anything down. right, they can't even lie to us correctly. Well, it's horrible. I guess you know, and then you want to compare that to the uh, the Daily Mail's article with the Pentagon reels from second major nuclear arms blunder in a month. I'll read a bit of this if uh, if that's cool, Ben. The Pentagon was reeling last night from an American military second major nuclear weapons blunder in a month. Obviously, this is a bit more. Uh, important blunder, but Congress is demanding a full-scale investigation and serious questions are being asked about the competence of the officers in charge of the world's mightiest arsenal. The latest outrage came as Commander Michael Portland, the officer in charge of the USS Hampton, the most advanced nuclear attack submarine in the world, was fired after it was discovered that he had neglected to make basic daily safety checks. Not exactly a media... A blunder, is it, folks? See, here's the thing, man. I, I just, <laughs> that's what—that's exactly what I'm saying. Thank Pyatt, you, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. That's what we're too stupid to to have the arsenal that we have. We're we're too stupid as human beings. We're like it's like a it's like a midget wielding a huge sword and it's just swinging all over the place, man. We don't. Yeah. And you know, I I, I mean, I, I laugh and I'm, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. I mean, you know, we we have to 
sometimes turn some of these things into humor in the show because because of how unbelievable it is sometimes. Um, I want to read on a little bit. Last month, 70 U.S. airmen were demoted after they lost track of six nuclear-armed cruise missiles and allowed them to be flown halfway across America by a bomber crew that didn't even know they were there. Nuclear. <laughs> Nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Uh, the Pentagon said that it had, it had lost confidence in the commander's Portland's leadership after checks showed that he had foiled uh, – I'm sorry, he had failed to analyze the chemical and radiological properties of the submarine's nuclear reactor for a month. It is considered vital that the reactor's condition be fully examined every day so that any malfunction can be caught early. If something went wrong with the reactor, it could lead to devastating nuclear accident. No, yeah, no, yeah, duh. Didn't we go through this already? I, I don't want you to let me down again. No doubt. You know, I mean, folks, I mean, you know, this is our military here. I mean, this stuff like this can't happen because there is no room for error, obviously, when you're dealing with weapons, uh, nuclear weapons. So just uh, two blunders in, in yeah, the news there. Yeah, this is depressing, man. Let's get into some good news. <laughs> yeah, there we is got. actually a, one piece of good news, Ben. And no, we have two. I think well, we have two. Oh, yeah, this one's good. Do you want to take it? Or you... No, go ahead. Okay, I got I got one. Minuteman group grows amid illegal illegal immigration fight. Retired Kansas policeman Ed, Ed Hayes lives a quiet life and his wife and pet poodles in a spacious spacious suburban home, rural city, far from the main front line over illegal immigration along the U.S. border with Mexico. But over the last 18 months, the 66-year-old grandfather has been drawn into battle, nonetheless becoming actionable in the second front. He has joined many individuals who, with state and municipal leaders, have given up waiting for federal action and are working to control legal immigration themselves. So the uh, the, uh, the Minutemen, uh, the self-proclaimed sort of illegal immigration group that sort of guards the border, has basically grown in size. They've seen the they've seen the problem. They answered the call, and they. Uh, and they're doing their they're doing their job. Yeah, and and I think it's no uh, no mystery that uh, they're understaffed. And certainly, there are uh, border patrol a, you know agents uh, serving in Iraq. But folks, you know, for those of you who don't know, the the border in the south of our country, Mexican uh, American border, it's it's not being secured properly. We have a lot of problems with uh, illegal aliens coming in. Uh, I'd like to actually get some. I have a friend from Texas. Uh, his name's Carrie. He lives down there, and maybe we get him on the show tonight, or hopefully next week. Maybe he can give us some more details, because obviously the press coverage should be a little bit um, more widespread in Austin, Texas, than it is here. Absolutely, in New York. Yeah. On a side note, in regards to illegal immigration, uh, Alex Jones put out a little mini documentary along with Endgame, and it's called Battle for the Republic. It's extremely good. If you uh, go go and try to Google it or, or Google video edit it, uh, possibly uh, YouTube it or something, it's about 15 minutes long. It's extremely good and lays out, uh, you know, some of the issues with illegal immigration and how, you know, uh, these these free, quote-unquote, free trade organizations are basically contributing to illegal immigration, are basically causing it to, uh, basically causing it to, to for, almost forcing illegal immigration here into the United States. I'm absolutely adamantly opposed to that. Yeah, and, you know, it's just one thing after another. It's like, what issue do you want to talk about today? There's about 17 major, major issues, not to mention just the little articles that we're reading that are just going on that just are not – they're not getting any better. I mean, there is there, there is the, the small bit of good news with the uh, with the uh, the Border uh, Patrol maybe getting a little bit more funding, maybe getting some more members, but – you know, all in all, it's still it's still just a huge problem. Well, that's the Minutemen. They're 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 not funded by the federal government. The federal government hates the Minutemen. They call them renegades. Yeah, they're, you know, they're protecting the country and they're renegades. Yeah, pretty no much. Figure. That's what you get for being a patriot. No good deed patriots, goes unpunished. Patriots are labeled as terrorists, so there's obviously something uh, very wrong with that. Yes. So here's here's another uh, uh, good news article. U.S. ban on internet access tax gets seven year extension. 
So it's kind of it's good that 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 the tax on the internet got a seven year extension, but it's not good news to know that they're trying to tax the freaking internet. I couldn't agree with you more, Ben. And I said it uh, probably first two shows, and I'll probably say it again uh, in every other show. But you know, the the bottom line, I understand checks and balances that they're they're there to help us, but the fact, like you said, the fact that they're trying to pass these types of bills. Uh, homegrown, you know, terrorism is, is is something you hear a lot, especially on that 1955 bill, 1955. The fact that you know, that we're actually talking about these things, uh, it's ridiculous. We're wasting time. They have to stop screwing with the internet. Yeah, it's a good place as it is. I'm glad that uh, there is that little bit of good news, though. Yeah, that's why we're doing the show. <laughs> makes it possible for us to do this radio show in the first place. Yeah. And just on that nine time, uh, 1955 bill, uh, no new updates on it, as most of you know by now. It passed in the House. And it's scheduled for the Senate. Uh, we're not really sure of any other updates on it. But we're going to keep track of it because that is that is really an issue that hits very, very home with uh, with us. Because, listen, we're, we're doing a radio show over the Internet, and they're trying to uh, really attack that, attack people on that uh, on that one front. Yeah, should we t- should we uh, wrap about that invisible tank? Yeah, well, this is uh, – I couldn't believe this when I read it. Uh, but it's true. Army tests – James Bond-style tank that is invisible. I, I thought this was just kind of interesting, just to give you a glimpse of what kind of technology our own government and military really, uh, what we kind of possess, and it's, you know, we don't really know about stuff like this. But, yes, this is this was released London Guardian, figures, uh, November 1st. New technology that can make tanks invisible has been unveiled by the Ministry of Defense. In the secret trials last week, the Army said it had made a vehicle completely disappear and predicted that an invisible tank would be ready for service by 2012. What the hell? And the new technology <laughs> uses cameras. This is how it works. It uses cameras and projectors to beam images of the surrounding landscape onto a tank. This is right out of Star Trek. This is this is James Bond. That's the exact same technology that they used. Uh, uh, James Bond, yeah, absolutely. This is unbelievable. Now that's res- ridiculous. <laughs> the result is that anyone looking in the direction of the vehicle only sees what is beyond. Beyond it, and not the tank itself. A soldier, a soldier, uh, who was at the trial said, "This technology is incredible. If I hadn't been present, I wouldn't have believed it. I looked across the fields and just saw grass and trees, but in reality, I was staring down the barrel of a tank gun." <laughs> Holy crap! I'll, I'll, I'll end it there. I mean, that is just. It's unbelievable. They've got a cloaking device, Captain. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, at least we know that technology is uh, doing its thing. <laughs> that is crap, unbelievable. Man. But like you said, right out of James Bond, I mean, now technology is starting to catch up with the movies that we watched when we were growing up. So lots of stuff Word, going on. Man. Technology is just it's, – it's getting so, so crazy so fast. Yeah. And then, again, I think we're probably going to have a hard time dealing with it psychologically as human beings. Well, you know, te- uh-huh. yeah, technology. Uh, uh-huh. you know, I always, I always view technologies. Uh, it can be a double-edged sword at times because so much good can come out of it. But obviously, when you uh, when you put it in the hands of the, those evil doers, George, if you would, uh, then you, you never George know. What w. The, thank you, George. <laughs> you just never know what they're going to do with the uh, with the technology. And obviously, with the RFID craze that's going on and the surveillance uh, society that we are slowly turning into. Um, you know, you just don't know what what the the next step is for technology, but it's out there, folks, and it's it's very Those powerful. Those evildoers. Yeah. Well, one thing that you know, King Mob was talking about uh, when he had called our our show, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, where uh, you know he was talking about the dragonflies, how there are little dragonflies that are literally able to provide like HD quality video and stuff like that, <laughs> fly around Washington D.C. Camera technology, especially, is getting amazing. We'll be right back. Animal Farm Show.
in a world dominated by fear and mass manipulation of the media. Who can you trust? Just when you think there is no hope alive, you find out that there is an alternative news source to turn to. Revere Radio Network, keeping the dream of sovereignty and freedom alive for all. Revere Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network, Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up! Finish up! All right, folks, we are back here. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on Revere Radio Network. Oh, we got great Ron Paul news going on. He was on Jay Leno. He was the he 30th, was. wasn't he? Yep, he was on He was on the 30th. He reached 5.9 million viewers with his... Uh, with his message, which we, is great. We were talking about that last week, uh, Ben. We were saying how, you know, at first we didn't think Ron Paul really had an ultimate chance to win. And then quickly, over the last month, with the, the $5 million plus raised and the, all the, the coverage on that issue in and of itself, plus the coverage um, on Hannity and Combs and other debates, he's starting to really reach the audiences that he needs to. And, and again, it's so hard to attack him. That uh, you know he goes on Hannity and Combs and does his thing, and uh, all of a sudden now there's some some big uh, big developments going on. He's quick, man. He's you can't really you can't screw with the guy. You just cannot do it. You can't make him look stupid. You can't cut up clips and put funny music behind him. You just can't do it. You well, can't. he's the biggest nightmare for mainstream media. He's uh, consistently voted his whole life. He's a doctor. He's he's in, extremely intelligent. He's his service record is impeccable. I mean, how do you attack someone? who, you know, like other candidates, uh, doesn't have that dirt on his record. Yeah. We have this article right here in regards to the Ron Paul thing, and, and we have the Jay Leno clip. We're going to be playing it coming up here. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty long, but it's 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 very good. He he was totally in his game. He was on top of it. He was, uh, yeah, he was getting loud applauses. Supposedly it was the, the longest line ever to, to get into the Jay Leno. You know, Tom Cruise was talking to really? him, loving it. You know, everybody, he's just great, you know, he's he's great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So this headline in this clip, uh, Ron Paul supporters attempting a $10 million cash infusion into Ron uh, Paul's campaign. Now, it's it's so funny. The the $5 million that he generated in the third quarter alone is just going to be dwarfed by this one day. That's uh, uh, what I'm waiting to see. I cannot yeah. wait to see the results. So it's, just, so it's one of those things where you could sort of tell tell your people, you know, oh, yeah, you never heard of Ron Paul. Watch, watch the news in the next couple of days. You'll hear something. Well, yeah, not only does he have the largest Internet following by far, I think, of any uh, of any of the candidates running, but he's using it correctly. He's using it to advantage, and he understands the power uh, of the internet and, and what it can do. So this is a uh, you know the gathered effort. Oh yeah, totally. That's totally. a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> this it's this article is by Larry Fester. Ron Paul supporters are attempting a one-day $10 million cash infusion into the Republican presidential candidates' campaign coffers. The plan has been circulating on various internet websites. For 100,000 people to make a $100 donation on November 5th, 
If Paul's supporters follow through, they will give Ron Paul a one-day pop of $10 million. The amazing part about the fundraising drive is that Ron Paul's campaign said they had nothing to do with it, and that it was just a spontaneous idea that caught on among Ron Paul supporters in the online community websites like this one, uh, and it silos uh, this November 5th. Uh, do a Google search for that. I think it's, it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's this November5th.com or November5th.com. Do a Google search for it. There's a, it's a won't website. be hard to find. Just go to RonPaul2008.com. I'm sure he's going to have uh, some kind of link to it and you can donate on that site, of, of course. Yeah. Could you like shut up? And give us the money. <laughs> While such a massive display of grassroots support for our candidate has never been de- demonstrated before, not entire it, it is not entirely out of the question. This Ron Paul TV ad that just started running in New Hampshire views on YouTube yesterday and has risen to 175,000 views today. Wow! In one day. Yeah, it's amazing. You could literally see the counter shoot up every time you refresh your browser page. You just you just see just see more hits, more hits, more hits on all of the Ron Paul videos. Uh, two. Ron Paul, for Ron Paul, against Ron Paul, they all, you know, they just get the coverage that, uh, that uh, unlike any other video. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people have been saying, you don't want to mess with Ron Paul because he's got such a, a close following and a, he's got a dedicated, posse. he really does. <laughs> and every day you know that that posse grows. And hopefully with the Jay Leno show and, you know, and with the, the amount of money raised, um, he's going to get, he's going to become that, that much more popular. And I have not heard O'Reilly, and we'll get into some stuff uh, with him later on, but I haven't heard him attack Ron Paul, and I think he's dying to do it. But, you know, he was attacking Obama for, you know, going on some show. But so far, there hasn't been too much attacking of Ron Paul because, like I said, it's so difficult to attack someone who's so pro American. It ends up backfiring and making you look stupid. Yeah, how, I mean, how do you attack Ron Paul? Good, good luck. Give it a shot. I'd love to hear it. And if anybody has any, any dirt or anything, give us a call, definitely, and let us know. Yeah, because <laughs> you want to play that uh, Jay Leno clip? Um, yeah, we should play the Jay Leno clip. Right, let's do it. I'm gonna, I got it queued up What's right here. What's the difference between President Bush and Jessica Simpson? She speaks English a lot better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't exactly it. Uh, but thank you, Pyatt, for that. That was that was Pyatt. All right, here it is. Go ahead. Hello. Cass, the congressman from Texas, also running for president as a Republican. He's definitely not leading in the polls, but he is the most popular GOP candidate on the web. We'll find out what he's all about. Please welcome Congressman Ron Paul. Thank you for having me. I know you're from Texas now, but uh, what's your background? You didn't grow up in Texas, did you? No, I grew up in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, all right. And and you're a physician and still a physician. Right. How many babies have you delivered? About 4,000. 4,000. Wow, there you go. Wow. Yeah. And that's just the NBA stars. That's not even yeah. counting on. I know you're also in the, in the Air Force as well? Right. I spent okay. five years in the Air Force as a flight surgeon. Okay, so... Two noble professions, armed forces, doctor. How'd you get into the sleazy one, the politics? <laughs> now, what made you leave being a doctor and then did you well, ever leave? I got fascinated with studying economics and I figured we were on the wrong course okay. about 30 years ago. Okay. <laughs> and okay. I think we still do a lot of things wrong. And I've been fascinated with Austrian economics, which is free market economics. Mm-hmm. It also involves hard money. That is, you shouldn't be allowed to print money out of thin air. You know, we have a problem with that. Right. We, right. we think right. money should be backed by something. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And you've been a congressman how long? Uh, this is my 10th term. I was in for four terms, left for 12 years, went back to medicine, okay. and I've been back again since 97. And this is the second time you've run for president? Second time. I did it in 88 okay. uh, as a libertarian. 
Okay, okay. Now, what made you become a Republican this time, or run as a Republican rather than a Libertarian again? Well, I've always been a Republican. I took a break and was in the Libertarian Party for that year, and okay. I've been elected to Congress for 10 times as a Republican, okay. so I've traditionally been a Republican. Okay, now it's interesting. You're not in the top tier in the polls, but you're certainly in the top three. I believe you're number three in, in money-raising. That's right. right. That's what right. do you attribute that to? The views are very popular. Yeah. Well, we defend yeah. the Constitution and very limited government. They're very mm -hmm. popular. Young people love it. You know, I say things like, would you like to get out of Social Security? You're not going to get anything. Young people say, yeah, get out. Now, now what do you mean, so, get out of it? You mean just put an end to Social Security? No, not to put an end to it. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> my program would be the only way you could protect the people who need to get Social Security and they were dependent on it uh, because uh, then there's no money in the Social Security fund. I've right. never voted to spend any of it, so right. I can't be blamed for okay. taking care of that fund. But I would save billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, maintaining our empire around the world. And I'd bring our troops home and have enough money to cut our deficit and take care of the people who become dependent on these programs and allow people who would like to be self-reliant and get out of the heavy hand of government mm -hmm. to be able to do it. Now, I know you also want to do away with uh, abolishing the IRS. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, how do you do that? Because you know, don't you find, I find, no matter what money you give government, they seem to spend twice as much. That's right. So you want to cut it. If you did away with Social Security, how much of it would you be? Would it be three quarters of the income from the? If you got rid of the income tax. The income. <clears throat> so income tax for everybody. About forty percent. <clears throat> so you don't have to get rid of all the government. <clears throat> if you got rid of the income tax, you'd still have enough revenues that were about equivalent to what we had in the year two thousand. Really? Yeah. So we, you know, we lived a good many years without an income tax. Right. You know, up until nineteen thirteen. And, and like you but say, once have, they, yeah, but we didn't have paved roads. We didn't have roads and all, all the services that we. Oh, well, I don't now. know. We did a lot of good things before yeah. nineteen thirteen. At least we weren't. We didn't have an empire to worry about. Right. We, we weren't okay. policing the world, so we okay. weren't wasting a lot of money. So. Okay. Well, how about? Okay. Would you be for a flat tax or, or a, a, a value-added? Like the English have this huge sales tax, value-added tax. Anything like that? Well, uh, <clears throat> I lean toward a flat tax, but I want to make it real flat like zero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it sounds great, but it just seems like there would not be enough money being raised. I, I don't know. Well, but the people would have the money. Right. But when you send it to Washington... And, and hold on, I just want to pause this real quick because I want to note something I think Ron Paul forgot to, to note was that 0% uh, of our income tax goes to any type of in infrastructure whatsoever in this country. Yeah, the natural defense for anybody who's even remotely opposed or thinks that they should be opposed to this type of uh, action is, well, you know, how are we going to get roads and firemen and police? And yeah, like you said, that's not where your money's going, folks. Yeah, not at absolutely. all. Absolutely. All it's going to is the actual debt that we owe. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty sad, but I'll, I'll continue here. Washington, and you hope to get it well. back, then it's divided up for political reasons. And, you know, that's why we have lobbyists. You've heard there's lobbyists sure, come to Washington. Sure. Right. You know, they come and they fight over this pie, which is actually shrinking. Uh, my idea is you allow people to work and keep the fruits of their labor. The money stays in their house or in their state, so you don't have to go to Washington and fight over this. Okay. And uh, you'd have a much smaller government. Okay. Now, your biggest issue is, of course, Iraq. That's how I, I, right. I got my attention. Uh, and your plan would close it down, bring everybody home? and As quickly as possible. I mean, it was a mistake to go in. Okay. We shouldn't have gone in. We didn't go in properly. Uh, see, I, I still believe we should follow the Constitution. You know, mm -hmm. as best no, I understand. No, I understand that. I understand that. 
But is, it, is there a chance that you get into these situations, uh, be it a mistake or whatever, so deeply that to pull out does more harm than good? I mean, do you? Mm, I don't think so. No? I mean, no, I mean if, if I were to make a mistake in medicine, I made the wrong diagnosis, and say, I don't want to admit my mistake, and I keep giving the patient the wrong medicine, it wouldn't make much sense. But we made a mistake, okay. and we should change it. We should admit it. And we're in worse shape. Our, our national defense is in shambles. We're uh, compared to what it would be if we weren't so engaged. I mean, our, our, our troops are disenchanted. That pe the troops are complaining. And, yeah. and uh, there's just that uh, we're overly engaged. So I don't think we're safer at all. And I He's so nice about it, man. It's not even that our troops are, like, disengaged. Our troops are going psychotic. They're going crazy. They're doing double the amount of tours that they ever did during any world world war, any war in particular. Record-setting tours. Oh, they're going, they're going tours. nuts. They're coming home and they're killing their families. They're killing themselves. They're, yeah. they're it's 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 incredibly sad. He's he's being very nice about it. Yeah, the, I tell you, and that and there's there's actually a lot to talk about with uh, the just the the way that our government treats or really mistreats or doesn't treat at all uh, the veterans of past wars, not just uh, World War Two. But certainly the Vietnam veterans who who didn't get you know we should definitely oh, cover a some whole of that. Other, yeah, I don't even want. Don't get me that started is, on yeah, that is, that is that might be the number there. one thing that bothers me the most about my country. But I, go ahead, keep I keep agree. going. Continue. Yeah. I think if you look at yeah. foreign policy, I actually think we're more vulnerable for another attack under the conditions today than we were even before 9/11. I mean, would this? Would you call yourself an isolationist? No, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't call myself an isolationist. I, I, I follow the founders' admonition. You know, uh, peace and commerce and friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. Right. So they were strong believers in in free trade, trade and travel and friendship, diplomacy, and just bring the weapons home. Right. We can defend this country. Nobody's going to touch us militarily. I fear now because of the consequence of, of what's going on with the war overseas, as well as the uh, war on terrorism, that our greatest threat is a threat to our civil liberties here at home. Where do you see your chances as winning? Do you see your chances as winning or, or, or just trying to at least get certain points across, upset the apple cart, you know what I'm saying? Well, a lot more chance than it was 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's growing by leaps and bounds. If you look at the growth of the supporters, I mean, on the on the internet and on these uh, on these meetup groups, we have over a thousand meetup groups, and they're spontaneously organized. The fundraising is growing exponentially, and the message is powerful. Okay. You know, I have my shortcomings, but the message has yeah. no shortcomings. The message of liberty is what America is all about. And the more people hear about this, and the more they understand the financial trouble we're in, the trouble that dollars in and the failure of our foreign policy, all of a sudden this has gotten so popular, way beyond uh, what I had conceived. And uh, so I would say, yes, there, there probably is a risk I could win. Now, would you accept uh, a vice presidency? I, I probably wouldn't be offered one. Uh, <laughs> now, it would be real hard for me to accept a vice presidency in an administration that endorsed everything I didn't believe in. I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. And uh, right now, there aren't too many on the Republican side who are advocating non-intervention overseas. And, and uh, yet they have. Republicans in the past used to endorse this issue. Remember in the year 2000, we were supposed to have a humble foreign policy right, and right. don't uh, go into nation building. So it isn't so long ago that we used to talk about that. But uh, right 
now, I don't think any of the candidates are likely to endorse that philosophy. If they did and invited me, I'd certainly consider it. Well, I must say, I know you're, can I ask your age? You're 72? 72. And I'm impressed about how many young people have joined on your command. I meet young people all the time that enjoy listening to you and, and, and believe what you say. So good luck to you, sir. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Right, Ron Paul tearing it up as usual. It's it's amazing. I mean, we played the clip there, and you know, for us, it's it's a you know, we had a lot of fun. We root for him, but I don't even think we realize how significant this appearance on the Jay Leno show really was and is for for the Ron Paul uh, campaign. This is now really becoming uh, mainstream, and you know, my opinion, uh, this is a dream. I mean, this is a dream come true for anybody who loves their country. I mean, this is the only, this is the kind of thing you'd only see in a movie. Yeah. Where there's actually a politician that you know deep down in your gut cannot be uh, manipulated, is not corrupt. You know, it doesn't just say uh, what people want to hear and then does something else. This is a real possibility now and this is the greatest chance for our country to to get back on track after years 70 plus years of of it going in the wrong direction absolutely guys give us a call um give us a call at 1-914-613-3166 and uh rap about ron paul if you like him if you don't like him if you don't like him tell us why if you don't think that he can change anything tell us why uh we just we want to hear about ron ron paul and uh what not like that, um, but you know, I'm 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 personally pumped about about him and what he's got going on and how we actually have a chance to do this. We we can actually, like he says, we can actually risk winning. <laughs> yeah, you know? It, it, you know, again, the possibility every single day, um, the possibility is greater and greater. And I think uh, there was a, it was a report something out of London. There was a bookie in London that uh, changed the odds of Ron Paul winning the presidency from 66 to one to something like 12 to one or 11 to one. I don't actually have the article in front of me, but yeah, the more and more you see these things uh, and you know see the uh, reports coming out about. Ron Paul and a lot of the mainstream coverage, the more you realize, folks, this is really becoming a possibility, and it's an exciting time. Uh, despite all of the bad news and despite all of the things that happen in the news every day to our country and, and to countries uh, outside, there's, there's still some hope here. There is still a little bit of the yin to go with the yang. And, and just to touch on one thing that Ron Paul was mentioning about the dollar and the trouble that the dollar is in, we, we, I think we touched briefly last week, or maybe so, maybe not, but, you know, on the 22nd, there was an article out of the AP saying dollar rallies after morning lows. The dollar actually did gain a bit the day, but sure enough, as of Monday, the dollar plums fresh lows as the Fed cut anticipated. So it, it another record low against the euro, uh, as of uh, a couple days ago. So every single week, there's more bad news about the dollar, Ben, and, you know, if you're an American and if your money is represented in dollars, you have to be concerned with these things. Just look at the inflation rate for the past, like, six years, you know? If you were if you were working five years ago and you were making, say, you know, $32,000 a year, okay, and then you get a new job and you're working and, and now you're making 50 or 60, you're still ending up making the same because of the inflationary rate. Yeah, you even know, you, it, that you could you could do good in this world, but if the dollar's worthless, then your then your money supply is still crap. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, gold is at a, gold right now is at a 28 year high. It's above 794 dollars an ounce. Uh, the dollar's at an all time low, and you know, even if you're an investor and over the last 10 years you made a profit, your currency has been devalued. It's been inflated. It doesn't. It's not worth as much anymore. So in reality, you've lost money in a lot of ways. That's a hard thing to get through people's it's head. It's hard for they people. Don't get yeah, it. exactly. They do not get it. You know, they don't get the fact that a devalued dollar is so harmful. Yeah. They don't get. They don't. But I think it's because they don't understand that what happened in Germany. You know, where people were walking around with wheelbarrows full of money to buy a loaf of bread, and then you know the people that were taking the money from people, the shop owners, they weren't. 
they were taking the money and literally going home and burning it in their fireplace because it was more it was, it was worth, worth more, more to burn it to burn it and have a fire yeah. and keep you warm rather than freaking having the the, the money itself. It's, you know, at the very at the at the very uh, simplest level, I should say, you know, if you, if there's ten pieces of paper that represent a you know a little ounce of gold, and all of a sudden you, you print up about four hundred more pieces of paper, <laughs> those papers are not worth you know half as much, much less eighty uh, percent as much. So you know, I'm certainly no expert on finance, but let's be honest, it doesn't take a genius to figure out your money's not worth as much anymore, and it's harder to make it. So you know, more jobs and more work for the uh, for the American taxpayers, and more debt, and much more debt, folks. If you're in debt. Uh, you know, I guess a lot of people are, and a lot of people, <laughs> everybody's a lot in of debt, people, yeah, man. especially guys our age. Um, you know, debt and credit card debt and stuff like that. You know, it's it's, it's almost impossible to get out of it. So yeah, a lot of issues. But again, you know, like I said, with the Ron Paul thing, and, and if you guys want to research the dollar stuff, there's plenty of articles. Just uh, just just search around, and you know, and almost anything on CNBC, uh, you can check out too during the daytime. So. You know, the, bad news, bad news, bad news. But like I said, Ron Paul is 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 definitely something to uh, to look forward to and to put some energy in. Yeah, he's he's the glimmer of hope. Uh, November fifth, as we're saying, November fifth is the day. It's Folks, the, donate if you can. Oh yeah, totally, if you can, totally. If you if you can, give more than give more than a hundred dollars. Uh, if you can't, then give give whatever you possibly can because this, yeah. this is absolutely the day where where it's going to change. It's going to be the revolution, the bloodless revolution that we uh that we need so badly in this country. Yeah, and it's so easy, I think, for. For people who are maybe just learning about Ron Paul or starting to talk about him, to compare him to the Ross Perot's and, and maybe to think about him as, well, you know, you were this, you were that. So, you know, do you really think you have a chance? And because we're so accustomed to having one Republican and one Democratic person, and then there's always that one independent who throws the, the results off. And uh, whether Ron Paul gets the Republican nominee or not, probably won't. But he, regardless, it's not the Ross Perot uh, situation, I don't think, because the following is just that big. Ross Pro didn't have the uh, the benefit of the internet, obviously, when he ran. Uh, Ron Paul does, and Ron Paul's message is yeah, thank you. And Ron Sorry. Paul's message, Internets. right? <laughs> internet, internet, Ron Paul's message is powerful. Um, so we're we're really hoping for some some big uh, results over the next four or five days. Absolutely, um, yeah. So uh, uh, what else do you want to wrap up? Let me, let me say something. Here. You what, know, what do you want to say, Pyeth? And that's the truth. <laughs> and that's the truth. Well, there was that one article, too. This is actually uh, article uh, 21st of October, where it was Sunday New York Post blacks out Ron Paul. Uh, when we played a clip, and maybe if you want to dig up that, that clip once again about Ron Paul last week, where if you mess with him, you're going to get some serious backlash because of the following. This was one thing that I found uh, at the New York Post, where uh, just the one article, the conservative paper owned by media, media mogul Rupert Murdoch has managed the feat of covering the Family Research Council's recent values voter presidential debate and ranking candidates according to their popularity with values voters without mentioning third place finisher GOP presidential contender Ron Paul. Um, it's, it's actually hard to find uh, the proof or articles regarding any media outlets that are not covering Ron Paul because even on Fox News, um, when we played that clip last week on Hannity and Combs, he's getting center stage attention. I mean, he's on the debate, so obviously he's going to have his time to talk. <clears throat> it might be a little bit less than Giuliani and other guys, but still, he's there and he's making his motion. But yeah, New York Post, for those of you who read it, I actually received the New York Post, and uh, other than its sports section, I... I wouldn't even use it to start a fire. I think it's useless. Those evildoers. Those evildoers. Absolutely, George. Thank you. But evildoers. But uh, the New York Post, leave it up to the Post to, to leave out talking about Ron Paul. They're really getting angry with this guy. I tell you, a lot of the uh, the mainstream media guys are getting angry because he he's winning these debates because of his support. But his points are hard to right. contend. 
So, uh, you know, you know, it's just kind of an interesting thing, and maybe I'll read a bit of this article, but, uh, you know, hopefully there, we'll... There's, uh, it, it, there's such a disconnect with, with all the political pundits in this world mm-hmm. that I think they're sort of on the top of the mountain, and they get to, you know, they get to call Ron Paul crazy, but there's this massive followers of Ron, massive following for, behind Ron Paul, and it's sort of like, you know, we've all just come out of our shell, and we've, we've all, all sort of, you know, started being who we want to be, and, and started really genuinely being free and genuinely being active and calling up talk radio shows and talking about Ron Paul and, and yeah. you know, uh, ambushing neocons here and there and stuff like that. And uh, I ha- I do have that, uh, that uh, don't mess with Ron Paul. Just play the intro to that because yeah, I, I want to follow up and I want to talk about that. Yeah. Regular guy. You can't yeah. tax my trailer. Joe, I got to ask you about one other thing. Sure. Ron Paul, you served with him. Yep. Uh-huh. Tell me what the guy's like because I want to tell you, yeah. uh, if you mess with uh, Ron Paul... In uh, on television or online, you are going to feel the wrath of some serious followers. I've been we've been dealing with this the last few weeks at CNBC. We did an online poll after the debate of who won the debate. Ron Paul dominated the debate, and some of my colleagues at CNBC thought that there was something wrong with that. They took the poll down. I want to tell you, my email box, thousands and thousands and thousands of email, like I haven't seen from any other you know followers of Chris Dodd or. Bill Ron Richardson or Joe Biden. Well, I, I'll tell you, and you know, they're interesting. Yeah, Ron Paul Hollicks. Ron Paul Hollicks. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite saying. <laughs> well, the, uh, thank you. Wonderful. Go, Ron Paul. But yeah, even Hannity himself, I think on that clip last week, I'm going to cue this one up, uh, when he was interviewed, when Ron Paul was interviewed on Hannity and Combs after the last debate. You know, they don't know how to attack him. He wins this debate as far as the votes go, the online votes or the votes via cell phone. And Hannity's, well, you know, that, that's just a bunch of fun, no big deal. They don't know how to react to someone like Ron Paul winning, and not only winning, but landslide victories as far as percentages go. Uh, they don't know how to react to it. I'm to play a little bit of this, too. Liberty, but I also believe we've got to win this war. There was a Fox. This you don't the, win this okay, nomination, you vote Libertarian. Depends on who's running, on what policy. There may, who knows? There's talk Could of a third party. Could you support Rudy, Fred, Mitt? Well, you know, I think they're softening their tone. They're not nearly as militant as they were a few months ago. Yeah, so, bet you think you uh, Ron Paulized well, them. Well, they, like they, they have to listen to these polls, don't they? What well, about these polls? I, this poll is that you've got all your oh, You mean your own poll isn't any good? No, it's not. This is a great audience. This Fox Network is just great. It's a great audience. Well, you know, i got to give credit to, to Fox News. I have to give them credit for at least running a legitimate poll because, you know, it's logical that Ron Paul would win with all the Internet support. But, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like ABC that takes their poll down after. Yeah, well, especially, you know, the uh, the Glenn Becks of the world taking their polls. Yeah, you call that a democracy. <laughs> and you know what? I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this crap about how, uh, you know, uh, ooh, well, he's not leading in the polls. Or, ooh, he's not. He doesn't have the polls going on for him. Or he's really behind in the polls. <laughs> what a load of crap, yeah. man. These these polls that they have, they don't even mention him in half of these polls. You know what? It's better off, Ben. And um, I actually, between the news I've been watching and reading articles, and uh, and this comes from the O'Reilly clip we'll play maybe next segment or segment after that. I have a little bit of of a prediction here, and I think uh, it's a little troubling. But the only way I think that you could even attack Ron Paul is if you can link his name with the 9/11 Truth Movement. And I hate to just bring it up out of nowhere, out of the out of the blue sky, but honestly, and you'll see. Um, we'll play a clip later on. You'll see maybe a hint of it, but. 
I think that's the only way they can do it, and I've heard it happen a couple times because yeah, it's happened. But they can't do it because you know he he has his own opinions, he has his own beliefs, and that's what we're that's what we're all about in this movement is that you have your own opinion, you right. have your own beliefs, and that you're able to share it openly and not have to be attached to anybody. Well, yeah, and, and he's been asked on TV and on the radio, and you know, uh, plenty of times on YouTube uh, conferences, you know, about 9/11, and he's you know he's just following the official story, but still with his his values and his you know um, the way that he views it, but still. That doesn't matter because, you know, the bottom line is that there's a lot of great things that come out of Ron Paul, but they still try to, uh, on the mainstream media, they try to uh, demonize him and, and certainly about the 9-11 truth movement. I mean, you, they compare uh, 9-11 truthers with Nazis, with, you know, uh, people who deny the Holocaust happened. So it's just talking points. That's what mainstream media is. It's about talking points. So there's a little bit of a prediction for me, hopefully not, but I, th- that they are gonna, going to try to link those two together. Plus, he's been interviewed on Alex Jones' show repeatedly, and that's how he kind of started out. So we're up against the break. We will be right back. 914-613-3166. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio Network. Damn the consequences. I'm Ron Paul. I'm a congressman from Texas, serving in my 10th term. I am the champion of the Constitution. You get the sense that the country is desperate for someone to show us the way. Not the old way, not the same way, but a new way. Ron Paul, who raised more than $5 million in the third quarter, trailing not far behind fellow Republicans like John McCain and Fred Thompson. Ron Paul, who has a huge Internet following. He's a congressman, a physician who's delivered more than 4,000 babies. Ron Paul has been married to the same woman for 50 years, which means he doesn't come to the race with a lot of the assorted baggage that some of the other candidates for the White House do. So here's the question. Should more people be listening to what Ron Paul has to say? We have allowed our nation to be overtaxed and overregulated and overrun by bureaucrats. The founders would be ashamed of us for what we're putting up with. Matter of fact, if you look at every single problem we're facing today, it's because of the lack of respect for the rule of law and the Constitution. The right guy is the guy who's anti-government, anti-war, pro-personal liberty, pro-economic freedom. Vote for him, whatever party he is. And if you have to change parties to vote, that's like five clicks on the Internet. It's not complicated. If you really want to have a choice between a real revolutionary candidate and someone out of the machine, well, this is what this can happen. Ron Paul brings together people of all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all political affiliations, because freedom is truth and truth is power, and we can live and be free in this country if we believe we can. John writes from West Virginia, yes, more people should listen. A rarity. A man of principle, integrity, and high values running for president. Exactly what America needs in this day and age. If you were president, would you work to phase out the IRS? 
<laughs> Immediately. That's <laughs> what they call a softball. And, and you can only do that if you change our ideas about what the role of government ought to be. If you think the government has to take care of us from cradle to grave, and if you think our government should police the world and spend hundreds of billions of dollars on a foreign policy that we cannot manage, uh, you can't get rid of the IRS. But if you want to lower taxes, and if you don't want the government to quit printing the money to come up with shortfall and cause all the inflation, you have to change policy. Congressman Ron Paul, you appear to have consistent uh, principled integrity. Uh, Americans don't usually go for that. <laughs> 1,500 people packed into the War Memorial Auditorium to see Paul speak. The Republican is making waves for his anti-war limited government positions. This is just a small example of, of the types of things that are happening really across the country. Why are you resonating with, uh, with people out there? Is it because of your opposition to the war in Iraq? I think that's part of it. I think the message uh, obviously is popular enough. They say, yes, we like the ideas of freedom, the Constitution, limited government, less taxes. But I think the other part is people are worried more so than I think the politicians on the Hill understand. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up! Finish up! All right, folks, we are back. The number to reach us is 914-613-3166. Or you can Skype us at AnimalFarmShow.com. Or, no, Animal Farm Show. All Animal, one word. Animal Farm Show. Skype. All right. And uh, we, we, you, you got an article you wanted to cover right here, right? Yeah, there was one more thing. And, again, finance is not certainly my area of expertise, but this was a, a note of interest uh, article. Wrap up one Fed has biggest day of injections since September 2001. Uh, for what it's worth, folks. New York. Now, out of Reuters, U.S. Federal Reserve added a total of $41 billion in temporary reserves to the banking system on Thursday, the biggest single day of such injections since September of 2001. The Fed's infusions, yeah, the Fed's infusions may reflect the central bank's effort to bring the federal funds rate down nearer to its target just one day after a widely expected rate cut. Fed funds last traded at 4.625%. On the open market, above the Fed's target rate of 4.50%, a Fed spokesman, a spokesman would not comment on the total size of the operations, but did say it was the largest single day of operations since a total of $50.35 $50.35 billion. It says I didn't actually write that correctly. $50.35 billion was injected on September 19th of 2001, following the September 11th 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center. So, uh, you know, the more I can't the, believe it. I just don't believe it. Yeah, the more you, the more you look into the, you know, finance uh, stuff going on, it, it's just amazing. I mean, how much longer can this happen before, uh, you know, maybe a possible collapse of the economy? Uh, so I, I just don't know. I don't know don't where. Don't be economic, girly man. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> You're right, Arnold. <laughs> I don't know, folks. We should be ep economic, Garley, man. Everything's yeah. okay, ladies and gentlemen. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. So, That's you know, take one. take it for what it is, folks. But it just the more you read about economics and our situation right now and, the, and the, the collapsing dollar, the progressively collapsing dollar, the more you have to worry regardless of uh, of what you do for a living. It's just uh, your money's not worth anything anymore, folks. It's really not. So, all right. Just wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Let's, let's get into Endgame now. 
Um, we're definitely going to need the, all the feedback in the world for this. Um, so give us a call here, um, and we're going to be playing some clips from Endgame. Um, and we wanted to know what you thought about the movie. Did you like it? Did you not? Did you think the 85%, 90% thing was bullshit? Or did you think like it was, you know, it was fair? It was well researched? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, playing this, this first excerpt from the movie, and it's, uh, it's about the eugenics that, uh, Alex Jones talks about in it. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm gonna read the, uh, the first part here where, where it talks about the definition of, of eugenics, and then I'll let the play, the clip play. Okay. What? Eugenics is the study of the agencies under social control that improve or impair the racial qualities of future generations, either physically or mentally. And it's sort of... There you go. Oh, where's our... Oh, my volume is down. Whoops. Treating their fellow man as lower than animals. Let's let's start that back. Sorry about that, folks. Chanel for tyranny. The scientific rationale for tyranny has always been attractive to elites because it creates a convenient excuse for treating their fellow man as lower than animals. Robert Thomas Malthus, famous for saying that a mass food collapse would be helpful because it would wipe out the poor. His fictional scenario would later be called a Malthusian catastrophe. Malthus is important because his ideas led to the rise of a new scientific field that would dominate the course of human history for the next 200 plus years. Charles Darwin, an admirer of the Malthusian catastrophe model, developed the theory of evolution, its chief tenet being the survival of the fittest. With the help of T.H. Huxley, known as Darwin's bulldog for his strong support of Darwin's theories, Darwin's theories were pushed into wide acceptance among key scientific circles throughout England and then the world. Darwin's cousin, Francis Galton, credited as the father of eugenics, saw an opportunity to advance mankind by taking the reins of Darwin's evolution theory and applied social principles to develop social Darwinism. The families, Darwin, Galton, Huxley, and Wedgwood were so obsessed with their new social design theory that they pledged their families would only breed with each other. They falsely predicted that within only a few generations, they would produce supermen. Oh, that's interesting. That's a hell of an uh, introduction, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't seen any of uh, Alex Jones' films, you might not want to start with this one, but this is uh, is quite the film. And I mean, there's there's so much research that uh, he's done and, and people around him have done. I know it sounds sometimes uh, like fiction, and it can sound like fiction, at least in my opinion. But that is unbelievable, man. Yeah, it certainly is. But when you dig deep enough, uh, you can you can find a lot out. So you want to continue playing the? Uh, yeah, I have a, I have another ex- excerpt here, um, and this one is what he's talking about China, and I guess China is sort of the the planned uh, type of system that the New World Order is going to be running against us. Supposedly, uh, and that's that's a scary thing to to think about because when you look at Chinese history and you look at people like Mao Zedong, who uh, admittedly killed you know 60 to 80 million of his own people, uh, you start you start getting really uh, terrified about this. About you have this type offended of my family, and you have offended a Shaolin temple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, yeah, the, oh, just the, the most dangerous attitude I think anybody can have in this country is that it can't happen here. It can't happen here. Nothing uh, from our from history, the world's history, 
uh, can happen in this country, and that's that's a pretty dangerous assumption. Well, that's the thing. I mean, th- nobody thought that it could happen in uh, Germany, and nobody thought it could happen in Soviet Russia, and nobody thought it could happen in China. Nobody even thought it could happen in China while it was happening. That's how bad it was. Well, that's, that's the how, idea. You yeah. have to keep people under the impression that things are running smoothly. That's that's how all dictatorships practically have have at least gotten to a certain level. You can't, you know, people are not going to accept these things. If any of this uh, was obviously true right out in the open. Uh, yeah, there would be mass revolution, I think, in this country. But you have to use the media and, and the spin to pretend things are just fine. Yeah. So here it is, another expert excerpt from Endgame. This one's about uh, the communist China. Hitler and Stalin's crimes are now part of history. But the communist Chinese system of evil is not content with racking up the highest death toll in history. The mass murder and enslavement is still going on today and enjoys the full support and sanction of the New World Order. Communist China serves as a globalist laboratory, a proving ground where 1.4 billion people live out their lives as guinea pigs who serve as test subjects for the formulation of the brave new world. Yeah, so that's that's a, a, a thing explaining China. And, and I wanted to point out something. You know, there's a reason why why there are civil libertarians in the world. There are reason why there's a reason why there are you know civil rights advocates and and people that spend all their time on rights and liberty and and what's important in that regard. And you know, a, a guy named R.J. Rummel wrote a book, and he entitled uh, he entitled what he had been talking about called Democide, uh, and it basically defined it as how many governments, how many people governments have killed of their own. And it came out, he came, his number, which was actually a conservative, was about 200 million people have been murdered to death by their own government their in own the government. last century. Right. Which is, by, which is the leading cause of death, uh, which is the leading cause of unnatural death, I should say. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, you have, so, so this is why people are so, you know, uh, so much, uh, you know, of their effort and energy gets put into watching their government extremely closely. Uh, because there's always the the risk uh, that that these murders can happen. Yeah, and like I always say, you know, uh, to, to know the problem uh, and to to act upon the problem and to take action, you have to acknowledge what's going on. You have to know your enemy, and and I certainly don't know exactly who's behind all the stuff that's going on, uh, but you know, a lot of it is now out in the open. You can read government documents uh, from you know, last ten years, the last forty, last sixty years, dealing with a lot of these types of um, false flag terrorism operations or false flag operations, and obviously Alex Jones has covered that till uh, he turned blue in his face. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's so difficult sometimes to accept. I understand, you know, no, none of us want to think that our, our own government or elements of our government, you know, certainly not the people on Capitol Hill, but elements within the government are you know responsible for stuff like this. But it's hard to deny when you look it up sometimes. Coaches were pathetic. The whole country shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. I'm Alex, not gonna don't, get mad. don't get mad, Alex. Get it's mad, it's Alex. okay. We're here. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's like we're all retarded now. <laughs> Alex, it's going to be just fine. Listen, I'll make you some, some hot tea. Just come down. It's okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> I guess I guess what you know what the the worst part about it and the thing that allows these 
these dictators who get so much power is is this centralization is this uh consolidation of power and where you know they they're constantly pushing for consolidation and we have to merge this organization and merge this alphabet agency with this alphabet agency and call it homeland security and we have we need to merge everything together and 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 what what it does is it it ends up giving one small block a massive amount of power in which they basically dictate throughout the entire country and throughout you know uh the the other countries that they've conquered how to run things and and you know they really look at human beings as peons and as ants and and uh that's so that's how these people rise to power and that's how they how they end up killing so many people in their own country um you know Mao Zedong were a dictatorship it'd be a heck of a lot easier exactly exactly and Mao Zedong himself you know, with his 60 to 80 million killed, actually was sitting there making fun of Hitler <laughs> and saying that he should have he should have worked his people to the bone. He shouldn't have just yeah. killed them. He should have worked them to the bone. They could have been useful. Yeah, well, that's why when when you talk about stuff this deep, when you really go uh, beyond uh, the the mainstream media topics and talking points, and you talk about this level of I don't even want to call it corruption, whatever it is, you can call it what you want: death, mass murder, whatever, uh, super corruption, super conspiracy. Uh, when talking about these types of issues, I find that it's it's more difficult to talk about why it's going on rather than what. In other words, never never mind the substance of what's actually happening and and who's behind it, but why? Why are you know, these people are human beings as far as we know? Why are they doing this? What, what, what is the inspiration? Do they want to uh, get rid of the population on the earth? They want a population reduction? There's been a lot of talk about population reduction in the last six months. Why the hell is this happening? What, you know, what did we do? And, and why, you know, why, uh, you know, what's behind these types of actions? What's the motive? Because it's not money. It's, it, and it's certainly, I don't think, it's power. I mean, those, the people pulling the strings have more than enough money. They, they own the banks that, that print the money. Um, well, they have a mental disease, man. Well, what the, the hell is the inspiration but, then? But they've had it for for thousands of years. You know, every single all the sets of elites in all societies have always had this exact same mental problem where they think they're better than everybody else. They need to rid the world of of the scum sucking humans. And that's you know when he when he had gone over the Darwinism in uh you know in the movie this the strongest will survive type of mentality they actually feel that that gives them the the uh, authority to start killing people because people aren't strong enough to stand against them right. they're the strongest of the pack they get to kill people and uh, and and they get to advance you know technologically and, and use the the peons to do whatever they wish so, complete control with just the flick of a switch yeah absolutely <laughs> there's actually a really good documentary i think it's a four-part documentary called century of the self i know you've seen it ben yeah uh that's I would say that's probably more of like a PG or PG-13 version of this movie. It doesn't talk about the same things necessarily, but it's, you know, you have to crawl before you walk sometimes. And especially when you talk about these things, if you're interested, if you're not going to just back away and put a uh, deal or no deal on the TV, you know, uh, that might be a good film to, to get in, to get introduced. But yeah, again, uh, my question probably will always remain why? Why ultimately are these things happening? What are they trying to accomplish? There's always a motive. I just don't know really what it is. I would imagine population reduction or some some kind of um, combination between that and I don't know Satanism. I mean, what what the hell is going on? Well, Why just, are they doing this? They're trying to. My first act will be to kill the whole lot of you and burn your turn to cinders. <laughs> 
Oh, oh Pyeth, you make it fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you take a, you take a trap situation and make it great. You have, a, you have a couple more clips you wanted to play there? Yeah. Yeah, go on. I want to I I hear a little bit more this, when it gets involved there. This uh, excerpt from Endgame is about the North American Union, and, and this also goes into the centralization thing about how they're basically trying to conquer the world and have massive control over it. Uh, so here it is. Oh, volume's yeah, well, down again. Well, Great. The, yeah, the big topic there with the North American Union. And by stealth, under the guise of trade deals. Now the elite are using the same secretive program to complete the North American Union. But this time, superstate integration is on the extreme fast track. International agreements like NAFTA, GATT, and APEC were just stepping stones in the formation of the NAU. The North American Union was officially born at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, on March 23, 2005. The leaders of the United States, Mexico, and Canada told the press that they were only meeting to discuss trade. It soon leaked that a secret meeting had been held during the Security and Prosperity Trilateral Summit. The three governments had refused to release the secret agreement to the people. In September of 2006, their treasonous operation was blown wide open. From September 12th to September 14th in Banff, Canada, hundreds of elected and appointed government leaders from Canada, Mexico, and the United States met in secret. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah. Um, you know, scary stuff. And, I mean, he Alex Jones has a great way of presenting things. And I don't think he wants to instill fear in anybody, but it's... I do. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, regardless, I think it's appropriate. We have a caller coming in. Caller, you're on the air? Hello. You Hello. have a caller. Oh. To accept the call, oh. press one. Press to one. Connect the call. Okay. Press three. Right now, we're not going to accept that call. That's you, damn prank callers. Oh, uh, by the way, just FYI, anybody calling in nine one four six one three three one six six. If you do call and you hear the show, but you get no response from us, we might be playing a clip. Just be patient. Ooh. So I think we have another caller. We're going to give it a shot. Hello. Caller, you're on the air. No. No, we don't. We're just playing. We're just having fun, folks. We don't really have calls. We're just pretending so that you think people uh, call in the show. We'll give it a shot. We're using Skype. 914-613-3166. Give us a ring. We really want to hear from you. But, yeah, once again, if you do call and you do hear the show in your uh, earpiece there, just hang on. Be patient. We will uh, get to you as soon as possible. We'll get to you ASAP. Here's another excerpt from Endgame, uh, and this one's entitled Police State. So uh, here it is. Um, Long before 9-11, the Pentagon was aggressively violating the federal law that bars the military from policing the American people. Coast to coast, for more than two decades, teams of troops would just appear out of nowhere and randomly stop cars and search pedestrians. The acclamation accelerated with regular army searching bags at the Super Bowl and the Kentucky Derby, as well as other high-profile events. Then President Bush signed a Defense Authorization Act, which radically increased the funding for the already bloated shadow government. In the act, the executive branch formally announced that it was preparing for domestic insurrection and went on to preemptively strip the state governors and legislatures of their powers. The federal government is openly announcing that it is the only authority as it treats the people and the states as enemies. Then on May 9, 2007, President Bush unlawfully granted himself new powers, and the presidency officially became a fiat dictatorship. 
In the past, continuity of government has been shared by the legislative, judicial, and executive branches of government. Now, all power resides with the president for the smallest of reasons, including, in the document's own text, any incident in the world, regardless of location, that affects population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions, can trigger, at the president's will, total martial law. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, it is. A lot is of people true. don't understand that, that there have already been laws passed. There's already been executive orders passed that say that they can basically take over our government every single way, shape, and form. They can, uh, they can stop the roads. We can, they can literally put us into work brigades. They can, they can take all of our gold that we have. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, they can do, basically do whatever they want with us. Um, and it's, it's. You can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. Well, it's true. Yeah. All right. So we're going to try this Hello. yet again. We have, uh, we have a caller on the air. Caller. Caller, are you on the air? Can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Speaking. Uh, yeah. So this is Rasta. Hello. How you Yo, doing? Yo, Rasta. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up, man? Chilling, dude. What's hey. up? What's cracking? Not much. Congratulations. Congratulations on what? The baby. The baby? This isn't Rasta, bro. <laughs> oh, it's not Rasta? Thank you. <laughs> no. But we'll give a oh, shout out to bad. Rasta because you're you're right, man. Rasta Rasta Nasik did have a baby uh with his with his with his lovely lady Bernice. And we want to give a congratulations out to him. He's a, he's another host on this network, uh, for anybody that doesn't know. Congratulations, oh, Rasta. Oh my bad. I am driving. I'm I I I am not really listening right now. Well it's cool, man. Who who is this and where are you calling from? This is Dave from uh, Orlando. I'm headed out to Rob's house. I'm like five minutes from his house. Oh, nice. Big, uh, big roast going on on uh, on Sunday. Good stuff. So you're going to be going to the Revere Radio Pig House, Pig Roast. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be quite a time. Good stuff. So, hey, man, Dave, have you seen uh, Endgame at all? Yeah, I saw, I saw it. Yeah? Did you like it? Um, I think it's another one of those, uh, those uh, things that just raises more questions and more more problems instead of offering more solutions. Yeah, I guess I guess I, I can agree with that. Uh, what what type of questions do you think it raises? It just kind of touches on you know the eugenics and um you know with all the it just ties into a whole bunch of stuff. But I don't know. It too much time with the Bilderberg stuff and that's actually what know, I, I heard had, a lot of had, that. Had names of pictures of people that you don't really know who the hell they were. You know kind of thing. Yeah, you I know, mean, what? I don't know it wasn't bad. It, it's good for people who really haven't been exposed to a lot of it. You know, if you want to try to wake somebody up, you might be able to do it with that. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's good information. Bucks, you know, it's it is definitely good information that people need to hear. Uh, he did he did linger on it quite a bit during the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, and, and th- thanks for the uh, call there, Dave. We appreciate Thank it. You very much. We actually had a successful call. So <laughs> little applause <laughs> noted. And, nice. and I, I've actually heard a lot of um, what Dave was talking about as far as spending a little bit too much time on the Bilderberg Group. And, you know, what I would say is this. It's not about taking a film from a patriot or, or a truther or whatever the hell you want to call him and, and criticizing it. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, you can watch a film and criticize it like anybody can do that. But the, the message and the overlying theme of what we're trying to do is – we're just trying to do our part. We're trying to take what we know and take the technology that we're familiar with and just 
get out there and try to make some kind of difference. If we're broadcasting to however many people, we're, we're making some small difference, and we're just trying to do our part. Alex Jones, if you listen to him, he's a little out of control sometimes. You know, he gets emotional, but that's his thing, and that's the way he reacts. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. I will try to finish up as soon as possible. But you know, he he does his thing, and I completely respect him and other people who disagree with him. And you know, the bottom line is, if you're trying to get your message across and use your freedom of speech uh, instead of sitting home and watching football all day or something like that. You know, you're you're doing your part, the bottom line. So yeah, that's the ultimate thing. You know, a little a little goes a long way, and if everybody just did a little bit. I think this world would be so much better, you know, just just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to comment on a Steven Spielberg film. He's a filmmaker, and Alex Jones, I mean, certainly is a filmmaker now. He's done, what, 15, 16, something like that, more than that films. So he's done plenty of films. And, yeah, I mean, some films, uh, I agree, you know, he, he certainly spent a little bit too much time on Bilderberg, but that was his prerogative. That's what he wanted to do. So, um you know, my, my the point here is just, look, it, never mind. I mean, yeah, granted, if you disagree with a point that he or someone else makes, let's hear it and let's talk about it because that's why we're here. We want to discuss and, and, and formally debate things and try to get somewhere with the knowledge that we have. Absolutely. If you pull yourself away from American Idol for a moment to get back to me on this, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. That's <laughs> Thank you, Henry. I, so, and I agree with you, Henry. So the number to call in is is one nine one four six one three three one six six. Let's uh, hear your comments and your thoughts on on the End Game uh, by Alex Jones. Yeah. Um. I had I had pointed out before that he had made a, a, a sort of a sub documentary. I don't even know if it was him that made it, but somebody made a sub documentary called A Battle for the Republic. You said that before, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was really good. It focused uh, a lot on the immigration thing and how you know people are are being uh, basically forced, <laughs> practically in economic and psychological sense, to uh, be against the United States and to basically crush us ultimately well yeah i mean for, for anybody who's seen the first three star wars films not the older films but i'm talking episode one two and three i'm sure most of you have seen it there are some very uh uh dangerously close coincidences to what's going on with our own government you know it's it's almost they don't even hide it in star wars the the republic and, and democracy and and then the first galactic empire there's a lot of uh, eerie Coincidences. You well, here know the power <laughs> of the dark side. One of the one Certainly of the things not. that was a coincidence uh, that actually made headline news was um was uh, when Anakin Anakin Skywalker and says he says you know if you're not with me then you're with the enemy yeah and, you know and then only Obi- a Sith deals in absolutes and Absolutely. I think that was Obi Wan Kenobi's response and I don't want to get into a Star Wars fanatical discussion but yeah uh, you know I think George Bush said something very similar in his State of the Union address you're either with the terrorists or you're with us or something along those lines not not quoting him but yeah it's 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 not exactly uh. Uh, very different, is it? It's you very get fooled again. That's right. You know, the funniest part about that whole thing, we're not, you know, we're if you're not with us and you're with the terrorists. You're either with us or with the terrorists. Right? I, I, you know, I was, it was, he said that in 2001. I was actually a George Bush fan in 2001. I don't know I if, was anybody, too, ben, if anybody I was, knows that. I was too. But I even remember listening to him say that, being like, when he said that, I was like, Really? Like, holy crap, man! That's not a good thing to say, dude. You know, well, I, I, <laughs> you're really gonna, you're really gonna, yeah. you know. I went to school. Kill in, us with that. I went to school in Long Island, and from the top of my dormitory building, I could see the smoke billowing on the uh, on the morning there of, of 9/11. And I, I, I was glued to the television, and I was glued to Fox News and CNBC and you know CNN for the next two months. I, I can remember coming home that Thursday night, and I don't think I got much sleep that night, just watching the news. And yeah, I was, you know, I, I actually wasn't very political. I didn't really. Um, 
do a lot of research in, in politics of what was going on in our own government. But uh, I was a George Bush fan, just like you, Ben, and slowly but surely, you know, reading up. So I think we're uh, we're up against a break coming up. But once again, folks, everybody numbers, loves you, and so do I. God bless you. Nine one four six one three three one six six. Animal Farm Radio Show. Give us a call, folks. We'll be right back. Yeah, go ahead and finish up! Finish up! Committed to true free speech, even when it's ugly. You're listening to the one and only Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. When the weapons of mass destruction thing turned out not to be true, I expected the American people to rise up. <laughs> they didn't. Then, when the Abu Ghraib torture thing surfaced, and it was revealed that our government participated in rendition, a practice where we kidnap people and turn them over to regimes who specialize in torture, I was sure then the American people would be heard from. We stood mute. Then came the news that we jailed thousands of so-called terrorist suspects, locked them up without the right to a trial or even the right to confront their accusers. Certainly, we would never stand for that. We did and now it's been discovered the executive branch has been conducting massive illegal domestic surveillance on its own citizens. You and me. And I at least consoled myself that finally, finally, the American people will have had enough. Evidently we haven't. In fact, if the people of this country have spoken the messages, we're okay with it all. Torture. Warrantless search and seizures, illegal wiretappings, prison without a fair trial, or any trial, war on false pretenses. We as a citizenry are apparently not offended. There are no demonstrations on college campuses. In fact, there's no clear indication that young people even seem to notice. Well, Melissa Hughes noticed. Now, you might think, instead of withholding her taxes, she could have protested the old-fashioned way, made a placard and demonstrated at a presidential or vice-presidential appearance. But we've lost the right to that as well. The Secret Service can now declare free speech zones to contain, control, and in effect, criminalize protest. Stop for a second and try to fathom that. At a presidential rally, parade or appearance, 
If you have on a supportive T-shirt, you can be there. If you're wearing or carrying something in protest, you can be removed. This in the United States of America, this in the United States of America, is Melissa Hughes the only one embarrassed? Mr. Shaw, that's a chair for witnesses only. Really long speeches make me so tired sometimes. Please get out of the chair. Actually, I'm sick and tired. Get out of the chair. And what I'm most sick and tired of is how every time somebody disagrees with how the government is running things, he or she is labeled un-American. Evidently, it's speech time. And speech in this country is free, you hack. Free for me, free for you, free for Melissa Hughes to stand up to her government and say, stick it. Objection. I object to government abusing its power to squash the constitutional freedoms of its citizenry. And God forbid anybody challenge it. They're smeared as being a heretic. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Mr. Shaw, unless you have anything new and fresh to say, please sit down. You've breached the decorum of my courtroom with all this hooting. Last night, I went to bed with a book. Not as much fun as a 29-year-old, but... The book contained a speech by Adelaide Stevenson. The year was 1952. He said, The tragedy of our day is the climate of fear in which we live, and fear breeds repression. Too often, sinister threats to the Bill of Rights, to freedom of the mind, are concealed under the patriotic cloak of anti-communism. Today, it's the cloak of anti-terrorism. Stevenson also remarked, it's far easier to fight for principles than to live up to them. I know we are all afraid. But the Bill of Rights, we have to live up to that. We simply must. That's all Melissa Hughes was trying to say. She was speaking for you. I would ask you now to go back to that room and speak for her. You guys having a killer time? <laughs> I'm having a killer time. We certainly are. Lucky. We, we, <laughs> we got this. We got this clip right here um, that I uh, picked up from Glenn Beck's show. I um, mean, he's talking about the new GI Joe movie, and uh, he's talking about a possible one-world government nightmare. Glenn Beck is actually talking about this, and I called him a turd last weekend. You did, and you said you couldn't polish a turd. You can't polish a turd. So with that in mind, you this guy, no matter what good he says, he is still a turd, and you cannot polish him. Yeah. So uh, here, here's. This is a test of the emergency moron system. <laughs> here's the clip. America. 
America. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but this horse has just got to get up because our nation is under attack. It is being taken from us in the cover of darkness. There are American hostage crises going on right now, worse than the American hostage crisis we experienced in 1979, and it is happening at our border. I'll have more on that coming up in just a second. But first, there's something else. We're being attacked someplace else on the cover of night. And if we lose this battle, we lose it all. Here's the point tonight. G.I. Joe is the latest casualty in the war against the American way. And I know, I know. Plan. Yes, just a toy, a little hunk of plastic, a cartoon. I know. And that makes it easy to dismiss this, but I believe that would be a huge mistake. We cannot lose sight of the fact that G.I. Joe was a real guy. And he is something more as well. He's, he is a symbol. And when you attack a symbol, you strike a blow against everything it represents. And here's how I got there. Let me start with Happy Feet. You remember that penguin cartoon? I love that. Look at this clip in the end. Who saves the penguin in the end? Oh, yes, you're about to see it. It's the United Nations. Wow. Believing the United Nations could save anyone takes more imagination than believing penguins can tap dance. <laughs> That's but wait, there's <laughs> right. more. Look at this clip from the last Superman Don't movie. Don't pause the turd. Health. Has he gained weight? What's he been eating? Business. How is this going to affect the stock market? Long term, short term. Politics. Does he still stand for truth? Justice. All that stuff. All that stuff? All that stuff? What, what the hell happened to the American way? Put aside for a second that they hacked apart one of the greatest taglines in popular culture. I believe there's more to this. I believe some are trying to indoctrinate our kids into hating their own country, turning us into some one-world government nightmare, hating America, turning it into a dirty word. How will our kids ever have the courage to stand up to their college professors if they've been raised to think that there's something wrong with the American way or the American way never existed. Tony, Tony, is this unpolished turd? Right? Ben, listen, Ben, I mean, I I don't want to upset you and I don't want to polish turds. It's not what I'm here to do, but I got to tell you the truth. Uh, I try to be as honest of a human, you know, honest human being as I possibly can. And Glenn Beck on this issue, on the border security issue, he hits it with the biggest hammer I've ever seen. He's on point. He's nonpartisan. He doesn't talk about left and green and right and white and red and all that crap. He's just speaking from the heart, and he's talking about it from the perspective of an American, talking about it from the principle of being a part of the country, just just as an American. He's hitting this one on the head, and he's nuts when he talks about 9-11. He can't talk about some other issues, and, and he, he goes right to a certain wing or a certain color. But look, you know, turd or no turd, the bottom line is on this point, He's right. Yeah, he's and a it's freaking true. turd, but I agree with him. The bottom line, and they're taking America out of schools. They're trying to brainwash the kids, uh, children growing up today to not think about it as this is your country, this is your land, and that's not appreciated as a country, but hey, as a kids. union. <laughs> yeah, is, is that the end of the clip there? Because this no, is the kind it's of not the uh, well. Why don't you play the rest of it? Because I'm getting I'm getting steamed up already. Uh, no, but uh, just for, for for people that are listening, w wait until you hear what GI Joe stands for. Yeah, you brace gonna, yourself for you this one. Crap brace your yourself for this pants one. when you hear what GI Joe stands for. Go ahead. The the real quote unquote American hero. Ugh. Now let me go back to that little hunk of plastic we called GI Joe. He's been known as a real American hero for kids. My you know when I was a kid, GI Joe was it. Now there's a new movie from the butchers over at Paramount. They're trying to change all that. This for starters, he's no longer government issue, Joe. G.I. <laughs> Joe used to stand for that. Now it stands for, and I'm not kidding you, 
global integrated joint operating entity. <laughs> when, when did entities stand for anything but evil? Oh I'm just saying. God. Poor <laughs> Joe has now been discharged from the American military, and Hollywood now has him answering to some bullcrap international force like the UN. We Where's all you? know that the UN is a toothless bunch of pansies. They don't deserve somebody like Joe, even the little plastic version. So tonight, here's what you need to know, America. When we kill our uh, our icons, when we destroy, all right, that's that's enough of this turd. But he's he's <laughs> that's he, ridiculous. He's he's right, man. He's right. GI Joe, what the hell happened? The real American hero is now part of some global inter international well, group. That, yeah, what that word. That word global, uh, the word global in and of itself is maybe the most manipulated word that I've heard over the last you know, year, two years. Everything is global this, global government, global economy, global this. So it's, you know, again, they don't want you to think about it as America, United States of America. They want you to think about it as the Union or the North American Union. So, oh, and just one, uh, one website of interest, I'm sure many of you know this and have read it, uh, go to SPP. Sam PP, uh, spp.gov, uh, to find out more about the North American Union and the information regarding it. And, and ultimately, the one world government, the ultimate goal is to consolidate power and to uh, make it so that there aren't any uh, there aren't any safeguards against tyranny. Think about what would ha would have happened if you know Hitler was uh, the the leader of the one world government, or if Mao Zedong was the leader of the one world government, or Stalin himself. You know yeah. what would have happened there? There wouldn't have been anybody to safeguard. Uh, to 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 take him out, you know, there would be yeah. nobody there to to fight the armies, that uh, that you know, those evil doers. It's just it's it's hard to make up my mind. I have trouble making up my mind about Glenn Beck because, like I said, certain issues I think he's completely on it, and then other other issues, uh, he is he is the Bill O'Reilly. So. I've I, I made up my mind about him though. He's I well, listen. He's I mean, a turd. I mean, I, that's I've said it a million times, but he, what he does is he talks about true things. But then he he puts a twist on it. So he he basically puts out true enough things where where people with common sense really get a hold of it and understand that you know okay yes a one world government is bad. But then he starts talking about you know uh, that we need to invade Iran and that we need to start bombing Iran yeah. and stuff. And and you know this whole thing that he talks about GI Joe being an icon and stuff. GI Joe was was like a propaganda piece for when we were kids. You know mm -hmm. it was it was always about you know the Americans are the good guys and everybody else is yeah. the bad guy. Sure. And that and they sort of had that square jawed American. Uh, look to them and you know that and and it was really an indoctrination tool as it was growing up so when he talks about icons like that it's a you know in my opinion gi joe is not necessarily the best icon in the world no but i think he makes the point that you know the the things that you associate the pop icons that you associate with america are being turned against the uh, united states of america and again now they're using those words global uh, against them, and they're trying to take the patriotism away because, well, I don't know exactly why, but maybe if I were to venture my opinion or my guess, is that you know they don't want people thinking of it as you know this is your country. They want people to think of uh, things more on a global scale, like this is a global economy and this is a global thing. So, again, the, the, and, the, and the, the Constitution has been completely faded out. You know, the slowly FBI, but surely, yeah, yeah, the FBI put out a, um, a pamphlet pretty much uh, saying to saying to people that people make that make conference. conference Constant references to the Constitution should be looked at as terrorists, and yeah. and you, you should call the FBI if, if somebody refers to the Constitution often, or you should uh you know quote unquote super patriots was their exact yeah. word, and you know I, I screw that man, I consider myself a super patriot. 
Well, yeah. regar- and regardless, uh, ben, Ben's not kidding, folks, uh, and I think maybe that's a good point. We should really dig up that pamphlet. If we can't do it this show, the next show, we'll spend some time uh, going over it. But, yes, there have been pamphlets passed out to law enforcement agencies. With the FBI seal on it. Liter- with the FBI seal, literally saying that people who refer to the United States Constitution as people who might be terrorists. Yeah, and, and they, get- also, they also refer to people with baggy pants wearing Levi well, jeans. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it goes to ridiculous lengths, and, and I don't, you know, again, the reason, it all comes down to why. We know, in that case, we know what it is. We know it's a pamphlet, and we know what the point of it is, but why? So, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and, and you know, if you don't know the Constitution, if you're not familiar with it, you can get a pocket Constitution on the Internet. I think they're giving away for free on Ron Paul. Have you read our Constitution? <laughs> I actually, and, and going and trying to make a an appropriate segue, the more I've been watching the mainstream, I forced myself, like I told you, Ben, uh, first show, I forced myself to watch the mainstream media, especially Fox News, just because I, I look at it as the the propaganda machine in a lot of ways. So I like to know what they're pushing and uh, leave it up to Bill O'Reilly to push the envelope so far that I, in my opinion, I think it surpasses the voice of London from V for Vendetta. I mean, this is getting ridiculous the what he's talking about i think bill o'reilly has a severe complex disorder i think he he thinks he's like running the country or he has some kind of powers uh we've we've we'll get to the clip uh that most of you have heard of him on the radio show that he runs during the day uh talking about getting fox security against people because we have their phone numbers I'm not going to swear. I want to swear. But right now I want to talk about the Bill O'Reilly uh, clip, which was part of his broadcast on the Rosie O'Donnell piece uh, that he did over the, the past week. And I'm going to come into the clip about midway. And I want you just to listen to Bill O'Reilly. I want you to listen to his words. He's got two panel members on talking about uh, 9-11 truthers as a group uh, and, and you know his thoughts on it. So just check this out. Don't make me defend those defamers, but they're not pushing a 9-11 is a conspiracy agenda there. They're vicious in what they do, but there's a difference. Look, John Lennon is in the ground, okay? He's dead. All right? This is no joke here. This isn't a joke. I know you smile, but you didn't mean to smile at Lennon. But this isn't a joke. People like Rosie O'Donnell get up there. They're seen worldwide. They say the most irresponsible stuff you can imagine. They hurt people who let, lost loved ones on 9-11 and then are not held accountable by anybody but me. Wait, can you pause that for this a second? Is gonna, go ahead, Ben. I, I was going to do it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. When he talks about, you know, if you bring up the 9-11 uh, cover, the fact that there was a cover-up in, in regards to 9-11, uh, man, you... you, you if he if he thinks that that hurts people's family, he's got another thing coming. Bill Doyle, the biggest the biggest uh, uh, the leader of the biggest 9/11 group, I think represents about 7,000 people or so, yeah. uh, has massive questions and literally yeah. sitting there and and crying and 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 can't you know because of the cover up, the whitewash of the 9/11 commission, the fact that they were literally wrong about 115 times uh, in in their in their piece, you know, yeah. and, he, and, and he. He flips out, and this is the uh, the leader of the biggest 9/11 victims family group, and he's and he's flipping out. So this notion that you shouldn't question 9/11 uh, and that it hurts the family members, what rubbish! But that's what, what they do, bullshit, yeah. man. That's what they do. That they use. You know, they use that as a bullet every that's single time. That's how bad they are. But that's they, they use do. the family's victims. They don't give a damn about the family's victims, obviously, because they would have known that the first, I think it was one of the first lawyers, Stanley Hilton, was representing uh, well over two, three hundred 
of the family members initially. Family members are the ones who are driving most of these questions. You want to call them truthers? You want to call them conspiracy theorists? I don't give a damn what you want to call them. The bottom line is that these are real people who have questions. A lot of these people had family members die in those attacks on September 11th. You want to call them nut jobs? Whatever. I don't give a damn. But the bottom line is that they exist. And they have real questions, and those questions need to be answered because this is the biggest crime ever committed on U.S. soil. Um, we'll get into that. We're going to talk about that. I want to continue with this clip and not get off track. Ugh. Stop, Powers. It's going to stop no, here. Look. Anybody doing this, and this is a warning to Mark Cuban, who's distributing that film mm-hmm. in a few weeks. That I believe I believe he's talking about and I, Since then, I've heard Mark Cuban, uh, he owns the Mavericks, I believe, in basketball, NBA. But apparently Mark Cuban is behind the final cut of Loose Change as the third edition, final edition. I think that's what Bill is talking about. Have U.S. soldiers murdering and raping. This is a warning to you, bud. Okay? You pull that movie or I'm going to be your worst nightmare. Because this is going to lead to death. And you've got to see that. You have to see that just based on a Rice confrontation. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I think, you don't want to see it. And I think it. what Margaret just said was also very irresponsible, drawing some connection between Hillary Clinton and John Edwards and Barack Obama and 9-11 truthers. There's no connection between those things Look, any more than I see so Just so you know, the talking point here is that, uh, you know, why aren't Democrats attacking the truth movement and these little mogul groups who are going around and irresponsibly using freedom of speech? And she has a legitimate point. No, those she Point. They embrace the far left by they going to They do not embrace these people. These people have nothing to do with the far left. They embrace Cynthia the far Mancini left. Cynthia is one of these people, and she wants to run as the Green Party candidate. They have nothing to do with the Democratic Party. All right. Go ahead, Hoover. I was just going to say, you know, if I, I didn't tie the connection. I was just asking for clarification from them. Let's see leadership from the Democrats that suggests that, that they have nothing to do with them. a group that they have nothing to well, do with. I mean, that's what, what you're asking for clarification for. How about the Republicans no, no, no. come what out I'm and talk is, about the Westboro Baptist Church that's going around protesting Why don't we have people? Democratic leadership called right the here. fringe that you're calling the fringe? Let's call it the fringe. It has Let's nothing to do with the Everybody should condemn these people fringe. across. Let's I, make this easy. Yeah. Everybody should condemn these people across Absolutely. the board. By the way, this that's Westboro like Baptist Church that you yes. referenced, the guy's a registered Democrat. Okay, but then where are the okay. evangelical leaders coming out? I don't know. They're all nuts. But nobody on the GOP... Curry's favor with Everybody's these clowns. And, and, and these are the, the people, Democratic ladies and Party gentlemen. Favors with the, with the truthers. They went to the Coast Convention. They're not truthers. No, but they're people who say, we're glad Tony Snow has cancer. And you know it. Okay. You're splitting the no, hair. No, it's not. You're, you're splitting you're, the what hair. what a commenter says versus what somebody who's actually... Marcos Miletus didn't say no. that. Every American should condemn these people. And I will tell you, Ugh. I'm going to make this prediction, if they're not reined in by the authorities, and they should be, that terrible intrusion in San Francisco should have been a criminal activity there. Somebody's going to get hurt. All right, ladies, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, that's the clip. You are an idiot! You are an idiot! <laughs> I don't even know where to start with, with, with Bill O'Reilly. I mean, you know, I, I would say easily he is the most dramatically um, opposed... I don't, I don't even know what to say. He... He goes so far beyond even the Sean Hannity's and the Glenn Beck's of the world when talking about really deep issues, not just 9/11. But anytime you know, anytime you protest, they're just against protest, uh, and they label it instantly as anti-American. But the, the reason why I played the clip for you folks is just to show what Bill O'Reilly, uh, the kind of path he's taking. And I actually, he went on in his next segment and really just the the the, 
the basic message uh, from Bill is just if this continues, people are going to die. People are going to get hurt. I don't know what the hell he was talking about when he said John Lennon is in the ground. He's dead. I don't know what the hell he's that's supposed to, say to that mean, Rosie's Ben. going to get shot and stuff. Well, what? Maybe it, he's trying to say that, well, you know, John Lennon was the biggest protester and he ran it and then look, look what happened to him. If this is a threat, I have a message for Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> this is not going to end. You've just seen the beginning of a tremendously large movement of Americans, regardless of 9-11, regardless of the questions of 9-11, you've, you're seeing the very introduction to America starting to wake up, yes, but starting to take action, more importantly. And the bottom line is the more you read the news, the more you look around, the more you see Americans protesting. Um you know, Wednesday, October 17th, you had the voters unhappy with Bush and Congress article right out of, uh, this is the Washington Post, I believe. You have, uh, out of Reuters again, Reuters is a great source. You have uh, the protesters call for the end to Iraq war. This is on the, the inaugural day, or this is the anniversary of when we went into Iraq. Um, anti-war demonstrators marched on a, in a dozen U.S. cities on Saturday to call for an immediate end to the war in Iraq and a cutoff of funding by Congress. The National Day of Action, sponsored by the United for Peace and Justice Coalition, I kind of like the way that sounds, <laughs> attracted uh, throngs of protesters. That's the word they use. Throngs of protesters in cities from Boston and New, Orle- New Orleans, Chicago, Los Angeles, on the fifth anniversary of the U.S. Senate's to vote authorizing the invasion of Iraq. To, to Bill O'Reilly and to everybody else out there who cannot stand protest and freedom of speech, get ready. Because there is going to be more action. There's going to be more action taken. People like Ben and I, we're just sitting here, P.F., we're just sitting here doing a radio show to some people. A lot, there's going to be a lot of people taking action that's even far, far goes, you know, goes a lot farther than what we're doing. And it really gets me angry when people on the mainstream media talk about dissent in the government. And, and freedom of speech as anti-American. Nothing could be more American. Nothing could be more American than dissenting than than saying to your government, "No, I don't. I don't agree with what you're doing." That's. It's not just your freedom. It's not just your uh, the, the liberty. It's your responsibility to do this. Your responsibility as a citizen is to keep government in check. Ben, take me. Go ahead. Take it away. I'm going to stop. I, I, no, you're absolutely. I'm getting right. a little. I'm getting a little upset. And someone like Bill O'Reilly doesn't even know what it's it's like to to sick. be a true American. He's sick. He is truly uh, filled with asinine douchery, and he is <laughs> a bag of douche about to burst at the seams. Yeah, have a great way of putting things. And I actually want to dig up that clip of Bill O'Reilly on his radio show. I believe it was about a year ago, somewhere in the realm of a year, year and a half ago. A caller had called in. Bill O'Reilly had just stopped talking about Keith Oberman's show on, on TV, and O'Reilly was talking about that. But then a caller called in to his radio show. And somewhere or another, he the caller mentioned Oberman's show, and immediately the call was ended, and it was it was stopped out uh, by Bill. And I want you to listen. I think we have the clip. I want you to listen what Bill O'Reilly said to the audience of his radio show after he had muted out the call. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> <laughs> this Orlando, Florida, go Mike, go. Hey, Bill, I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Um, I like to listen to you during the day. I think Keith Oberman's show. Yeah. There you go, Mike is uh he's a gone guy. You know, we have this we have your phone numbers, by the way. So if you're listening, Mike, we have your Ooh. phone number. And we're gonna turn it over to Fox Security. Whoa. And you'll be getting a little visit. Maybe Mike is from the mothership. No, maybe Mike's gonna get in big trouble. So, we're not gonna play around. When you call us, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, we do have your phone number. So and you if know, you say anything untoward, right. obscene, or anything like that, Fox Security then we'll contact your local authorities, and Shut up. you will be <laughs> held accountable. 
Fair? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I try, you know. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, you're morally reprehensible, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid, you have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Well, you know, I don't know if I could if I could follow that one up with anything meaningful, but you know, it's one thing to categorize everybody who you disagree with as Nazi liberals or left-wing radicals or whatever the hell, neo-fascist or Islamic fascist, whatever the hell. It's one thing to do that, you know, in you know, yeah, a talking point. Listen, everybody has freedom of speech. I'm still angry about it, but it's a whole other thing as a radio talk show host or as a Fox News, uh, you know, radio show or talk show host on TV. It's it's a whole different thing to threaten people and say that you have their phone numbers in that Fox security. Who the hell is Fox security? Yeah, what <laughs> is he? I mean, is he referring to the security guards what that works in are they? You know, the security guards who work for the the company Fox are gonna contact. Could you imagine the phone call to the local authorities about? Yes, uh, someone called in our radio show, and we want you to arrest them. We're up against a break. I'm gonna go take uh, get some fresh air because I'm a little upset. We'll be right back. Animal Farm Radio Show nine one four six one three three one six six. We'll be right back. Responsibilities these days. We laugh at sheep because sheep just follow the one in front. Oh, stupid sheep. We humans have out sheep the sheep because at least the sheep need a sheepdog to keep uh, them in line. Humans keep each other in line. And they do it by ridiculing or condemning anyone who commits the crime, because that's what it's become, of being different. And what, what it does, Terry, when you step out of the little box of what would other people think, how do I put this in a way that people won't think I'm crazy, 
you then realize how small a box you've actually been living in. Most people have no idea the incredible threat we're under by the global elite. I mean, how am I supposed to sit here and explain to you the whole world's being set up to carry out eugenics operations? I have discovered that there is a whole parallel government operating. I have discovered there's a whole new world order. I have discovered all their documents. I have posted them. I have covered them. You know, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, which is another lie. Through 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. And now they're going to do Iran. It is perfectly possible for a man to be out of prison and yet not free to be under no physical constraint and yet to be psychologically captive. The nature of psychological compulsion is such that those who are act under constraint remain under the impression that they are acting of their own initiative. The victim of mind manipulation does not know that he is a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible and he believes himself to be free. That he is not free is only apparent to other people. His servitude is strictly objective. I'm just warning you, person to person, you better start researching my claims. You better start looking into what world government and what neo-feudalism and what serfdom means. Ron Paul and others have pointed out that Hitler and Stalin and people didn't have the nerve to put stuff like this down on paper. They just did it. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger. The ultimate goal is to get everybody in this world chipped into the truth with the dark by the chip and uh, have all money be on those chips and everything on those chips. And if anybody wants to protest what we do or violate what we want, we just turn off the chip. Because somebody can sell you something, but you don't have to buy it. When you understand that you've bought into it, that these people have no power at all, they do have control, but you have the power. You give it away. The fact that we as ordinary people even have an Alex Jones or anyone is a miracle to me. It is brilliant. So when you're getting pessimistic, for a moment think that it's extremely recent times that we've even had the privilege of discovering this. That is a very recent phenomenon. Day after day, alone on a hill. The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still But nobody wants to know him They can see that he's just a fool And he never gives an answer But the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head Folks, we are back. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. Um, I just want to give a little reminder for everybody that's listening in Connecticut right now. Your your deadline to uh, to register as a Republican to vote for Ron Paul in the primaries is November sixth. November sixth. So I forgot so about that. Really Good point. Get your asses uh, on the internet and 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 fill out whatever forms you need to and uh, and 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 register and uh, take take part in the revolution. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, finishing cool. up, finishing, <laughs> finishing up with the uh, O'Reilly media mogul Glenn Beck, whatever you want to call it thing. I mean, 
you know they're going to be they're going to be really working on some attack plans i think for for multiple uh, issues certainly 911 truth yes but definitely i think they're going to try to work on the ron paul thing if they can we're going to keep track folks and we want you to call in if you have anything that we're not talking about let us know but yeah we're going to keep track and uh, i think we're going to be fairly entertained to say the least in the upcoming weeks upcoming days upcoming weeks upcoming months um certainly with the ron paul november 5th thing that's one issue and yeah, i'm wondering keep an eye on that i'm keep wondering on that. yeah i'm wondering how the mainstream media is going to um cover that to say the least but it's gonna be awesome it's more than that i mean you know uh, they're gonna be all surprised they're gonna be like oh i had no yeah. idea you know last week was a huge week for 9-11 truth the movement of 9-11 truth uh i think maybe this past week was just as big if not bigger martin sheen no coincidence because charlie sheen was really the first big celebrity to come out and openly and question uh the official story on 9-11 but martin sheen his father has come out uh and and also has a lot of questions um it just takes um, about one-third of a brain and the facts to start questioning things and start really asking the tough questions, the ones that really, you know, they, they test your they test your strength and they test your patience, but they're out there, and uh, I, I, we're going to keep a really close look at that, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, at least, because I can't wait to hear. O'Reilly really did have this, this huge hit piece on Rosie, which was nothing more than just a crock, but... It was effective, and I have to give applause to him because you know he knows, and, and Fox News Network really knows how to uh, to put a report on in their in their shade of opinion, whatever the hell you want to call it. They're very effective at what they do, and I have to applaud them for that. I have you know I have a question for you, Tony, in regards to you know what what is up with the Republican Party and their obsession towards Hillary, and how come how come at all the debates they're all they can't stop talking with her? They're like little schoolboys, and then she's the popular girl, and then they're all kind of if all that to, were proven true, I think that would be a very serious offense. <laughs> they're all kind of trying to tease her, and like maybe you know maybe they like her or something. Or I'm not sure, Ben. That's a good question. I mean, my my first reaction to uh, what they do, and it's not just Hillary. It's Obama. You know, you know O'Reilly in the same segment that we played in the same. Uh, news report, I should say, that we played. He attacked Obama for going on, you know, uh, Tyra Banks's show, which is, by the way, a huge show, because he was dancing, or, or no, I think it was Ellen DeGeneres. I apologize, Ellen DeGeneres' show. He went on that show, and you know, he was dancing with her, whatever the hell he was doing. And you know, they they attack the the Democrats, or the so-called Democrats, because that's their job. You know, they're Republicans. Hillary in particular, they mentioned her like twenty something times during the during the Republican uh, debates, and it was like almost it was laughable laughable because they're sitting there talking about Hillary it is amazing. as if she's going to she's definitely going to be the next the next uh, the, the runner for the Democratic that is anyway. not going to be proven true it's, I, it's freaking incredible yeah. it's like it, you know we were talking about you and I were talking about last week about Rudy Giuliani and a possible bid between Rudy Giuliani and Hillary Clinton and it's just like man I, I'll throw myself off a freaking cliff those evil doers yeah if, if those are the two runners I, I think in my opinion I think it's without a doubt going to be Hillary Clinton coming out of the Democratic Party. She has tremendous support on that side. She's got she's got Rupert Murdoch front for her. And you know and that's that's advising her. And if you believe that if nothing else, folks, knowing Yeah, knowing (laughs) (laughs) Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News amongst many, 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 many other news networks. Uh, Fox News, let me say that again, Fox News Channel, the Republican red right-wing GOP uh, master of, of news and propaganda. Now, we'll say it again, Hillary Clinton is backed by 
Rupert Murdoch. He's Something advising is, her. They've been going out to dinner and, and stuff like that for the past two years. It's proven, folks. Go on the internet, and you can find the articles covering this. We're not lying about this. Something and that's is the truth. Yeah, something is really wrong with that. It's one thing if you know maybe a Democratic news network CEO did this, you know, to push the agenda. But that's why I say, and I'm sure Ben says it, and I'm sure Piath agrees as well, and many of our listeners agree, there is no left or right. It's a false paradigm. It's bull. It's so being reasonable. It's not. It doesn't exist. It's just there to polarize you. The same thing that Hannity and Combs, or specifically speaking, Hannity, tried to do when they were interviewing Ron Paul, talking about, well, you know, would you follow Rudy if he got the nominee, or would you follow Mitt Romney? You know, always try to polarize. Are you left or you all right? You can't be in the middle. You can't be uh, up or down. It's always left or right. Don't be don't be independent. Don't have an independent thought because we have to categorize you into a into a category and then uh, and then and then write you off as, right. as a loony nut or whatever the the hell that we we consider your your categorization at the time being. Yeah, and, and it's like it's it, you know the thing that they're doing with Hillary where they're really really just backing her and 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 she's on the air and she's talking about how they're not going to be able to bring troops out of Iraq till 2013 at the end of her at the end of her thing and then we have to we can't talk to Iran we have to bomb Iran and and she's all she's against that she's what she's doing she's kissing the ass of the weapons contractors contractors which are funding her her campaign so she's literally running on war yeah, and to, and to answer your Sexual question, I mean, I, seems I, to upset you, but violent content seems to be all right. That's <laughs> kind of like the Bible. Not a lot of sex, whole lot of violence. <laughs> yeah, amen, Henry. Uh, to answer your question, Ben, and I'm sorry I, I got off on a, a, tar- a terrible tangent there, but um, what do I think about it? What do I think about Republican, possible Republican uh, nominee candidates on the, on the stand? I mean, in, in an actual debate. Instead of talking about issues and, and, and things that are going on, you know, they bring up Hillary's name, and, and she's just a punching bag. And I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, defending Hillary Clinton, but it, it, it's just something very unnatural about uh, a bunch of guys on the stage there just using her name to their advantage, and in some cases, to their disadvantage. And I think John McCain, in the last debate, made a, a couple comments regarding Hillary Clinton and you know, how he worked with her, and he actually got booze from the brainwashed Fox audience. Um, so to answer your question, I, I don't really know uh, why they they use it. I guess other than a political punching bag, you know, they're just trying to gain a couple of more votes from the audience. I mean, they're certainly using her name and, and, and her, um, you know, her presence there as an advantage to, well, here's to their the thing, advantage. And, and this is this is really interesting. We don't have much time left. We have to we have to drop pretty soon, but uh, just to explain it quickly, they w- what they do is they have these these instantaneous type of uh, polls where they'll measure the uh, the responses online. It's literally like a chart, it's a bar chart that goes up and down. Absolutely. And in real time, uh, based on uh, on like people's graph. responses, right. and when, every time they mention Hillary Clinton, it goes up. Right. So every time they mention Hillary Clinton, they're getting more and more support because everybody quote unquote hates Hillary Clinton, and uh, yeah. you know it's it's you know it, it's pathetic. But we have to we, we have to get going. We are running out of time. Um, so. Um, it's next over, week, what do, we, what do we got for next week? Well, next week we're gonna. I really want to d- uh, dive into Freedom to Fascism, which was a movie by Aaron Russo, the late Aaron Russo, I should say. He passed away from cancer after battling it for for many many years. Unfortunately, he made a film before he died uh, called America: Freedom to Fascism, and it deals with the IRS. It specifically deals with the federal income tax, and there's a huge debate amongst Americans um, countrywide regarding the federal income tax, and it's 
legality. Believe it or not, people have uh, questioned the law, and apparently there is no law regarding you as an American citizen having to pay a federal, federal income tax. We're going to have an attorney. Uh, Charles Ratner will join us next week, either in studio or over the phone on this issue. We can't wait, folks. Uh, we're going to play clips from the movie. Once again, check it out. FreedomToFascism.com is the website. Aaron Russo. Uh, unfortunately passed away, but he made a great film before he went away. So, uh, once again, folks from the uh, Animal Farm, Ben Miller, Tony Pax, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. We can't wait to take your calls next week. Check out the film, and we'll talk to you then.